That's E1. That's E1. That's a W. How many of you want to eat a W tonight? How many eat a W tonight? Come in. Welcome back to the Para Podcast. This is the preview pod for the Round 5 action in the top grades. Um, we'll also touch on the Round 1 action in the Ron Massey Cup and the Sydney Shield, um, as well as the penultimate... Uh, no, is it the penultimate round? No, it's the final round in the... This is, yeah, the yeah, final regulation season round, yeah. Um, round 9. So, uh, to start it all off, uh, joined by Birdie. 40. Ahoy, uh, hoy. And Ham. Yep. And also Hamish as your host. So starting it all off on Saturday the 7th of April at 12pm. Um, although not the first game of the day, but um, we always start off with our Harold Matthews. Eels in second spot coming off an upset against the Dogs in that they lost. Playing the Knights in third position. Um, Ham and 40, will you be down there for this game? That's the plan. It's, it's Saturday, right, Ham? Yep. At um, New Era. Yep, I'll be down yeah, there. That, that is the plan. Saturday at New Era, sorry. Yeah. But yeah, um, should be a big one. Uh, second versus third. Um, you know, depending on how the Seagulls go, this could even be uh, round one of the final. So could be a preview of um, next week. It all depends who's going to be the, uh, the um, host of the match. Um, oh, that doesn't really... Does yeah. that factor into the district reps? Usually they centralise the finals, regardless of... Um, oh, that's right. Yeah, it's usually just at... Um, I don't know, maybe for Newcastle they yeah, might true. put yeah, it, it up might, there. It might change, yes, but... But yeah, usually it is at um, Leichhardt or... Or St Mary's. Um, the St Mary's. So yeah, you're, you're right about that. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but yeah, uh, I think all the boys have to do from last week is just really just aim up. They didn't... They didn't look like they had much last week. Uh, this week they've got Sean Russell back. Kyle Leonard starting. Um, Kyle Leonard's back to starting from dummy half. Outside of that, that was basically the same team. I think they've just got to, you know, forget about last week. It was a misnomer. Um, and then just focus on playing a, a top four team this week. Yeah, just you know, get back to what they've been doing. Uh, like you said, they, they hadn't done anything wrong for nearly two months in the Harold Matthews. And then the dogs came fired up. You know, a bit of bad luck with the officiating. That happens. You know, you got to sort of put it past you. And, you know, and like you said, you know, play your football. There's no doubt that Newcastle's going to come at you because, you know, you don't get the third place this late in the season unless you're a quality team. So um, they've got a bit of history between the two clubs, much the way that um, Cronulla and Parramatta have history in the reps. In the Harold Matthews, Parramatta and Newcastle played the um, final uh, a year or two ago, I believe. So they're... Um, you know, there's a, a bit of rivalry between the two teams in this grade, um, and hopefully they can, you know, put it, uh, put the Knights behind them, and then get a shot maybe at the uh, the top seed, but if not, outright second. Then on to the next game, which is at 1.30, also at New Era, on the Saturday at 7 o'clock, which sees the 8th-place Eels taking on the 3rd-place Knights. As touched, touched on in the last podcast, the Eels will need to have a win or uh, a loss with a small negative differential um, and Manly to lose as well in order to make that top eight. Yeah, it's it's I'm not a positive outlook for the team. Uh, unfortunately, despite 
you know, some great talent in certain areas, the deficiencies that have been brought about due to geographical issues and injuries and players being promoted to a, a senior grade and Dylan Brown mean that the team's shot in confidence, you know, they're just out in their feet on a weekly basis. Um, they're going to have to conjure something of a minor miracle to get the two points and even to get that negative, like that minor negative differential loss would be pretty optimistic at this stage. But, you know, we're going to be out there cheering for the team. Um, they do have, I mean, despite all the negatives, they've got some fantastic players. JP Noah is, you know, one of the most exciting prospects we've got in the outside back uh, sort of contingents uh, throughout the different junior levels. Uh, Harry Duggan's, you know, really stepped up in the front row. Valence Harris is another good prop. Matt Dury's a fantastic back rower. So is Charwell Tassipali. So there is, you know, good individual players there. They're going to need to conjure some, um, you know, strong individual efforts as well as a good overall team effort to get in the Knights level. But, you know, crazier things have happened. Yeah, I don't think we can um, rely on the uh, Seagulls losing this match because they're playing the 15th placed Magpies. Um, So, yeah, uh, we've got to assume they're going to win this one and the boys just... They need to find some super glue and just honestly hold on to that ball. Um, our halves aren't really sort of playmaking, kicking halves, so they, we really need to focus on... A bit of roll on through the on, middle and get him some space to yeah, work in. And then just yeah, working off um, a quick play the ball. But to do that, they really... They, it's all they need to do. Just The forwards just honestly need to hold, this, hold the ball on Saturday, run it up as hard as they can, tackle as hard as they can, and then just hope that the halves can get it out to either um, Will Key, um, Brent Barnes, and just, you know, hopefully that they hold onto the ball and finish well. Um, I can't see it happening. I think the Knights will prove too much for us with what their halves are absolutely incredible. I think they'll be um, the New South Wales halves in the when it comes to State of Origin time, Jock Madden and Phoenix Crossland. Um, they've got Bradman Best there, who was a star for, from fullback last year. Um, they're lined with absolute massive talents. And, that, and um, if we're going to give Jacob Snowball a shout out for a great name, Bradman Best is like yeah, top. Yeah, top it's, tier. it's a pretty good one for um for an Australian and name. Bradman people might Best. be familiar with him from his starring role in the Under 18s Origin last year. He um, 16, 16, sorry, 16s. He was best on yeah. park. And uh, yeah, because it was um, what's his name, the forward that got the all the raps uh, from. He's in Brisbane now. Oh my God, Payne Haas. Payne yeah, Haas. Freddie, Freddie had yeah. a big crush on Payne Haas in the 18s. Yeah, Brabham, Brabham Best was phenomenal in the 16s Origin. So yeah, can't say he's winning this one, but um, you know, hopefully they prove me wrong. I really hope they do because um, it'd be absolutely massive if they win. And you know, they've even got to win by a fair bit because Manly are only one point behind them in the differential so even if they do win um, it's not even a guaranteed spot um, although there are a couple of other teams also on uh, four wins so um, some of them having a loss will see us go through as well provided yeah, that we get the two point we'd need to um, we'd need the Sharks to beat the Steelers by um, if we win by 17 points at least so and on to the Tasha Gales, which is the first game of the day um, at New Era, 7 April. The 8th-placed Eels taking on the 2nd place Knights. Um, whilst their last two games have been very positive, 
um, they'll really need to uh, turn it up to, to beat the get the rock get the rocky theme out. There are. Yeah, once again, you know, you hate to forecast a you know a big loss, especially after the girls have done so well to rectify their um season after you know that really tough start. Um, one, it, it's about being competitive here. That you know, you, you're probably going to lose and lose by some margin. Get on the scoreboard, you know, notch up a couple of tries, show some um, integrity in your defensive formation throughout the early exchanges before the fatigue and and possession rate sort of you know start to get out of control. And, you know, once again, keep building. Build set by set, build week by week, and build season by season. And on to the next game, also at New Era Stadium, um, on the 7th of April, the New South Wales Premiership with Cabramatta taking on Wente. Um, both teams without a win, um, although Cabramatta's point differential is a lot better than Wentworth Phil's at this point. So... Um, on Forty's comments from the last pod, uh, improving week on week, um, just in those fundamental areas, it might be n- not be enough to get the two points, but at least uh, show some signs of. I think um, you know improving. this this game will tell you a lot more of where they're at uh, structurally, you know, and, and you know as far as competition is concerned, you know, when you, you you're not going to have a shot at beating uh, what what what's the official called Cronulla Caringba, is that the yeah yep. they're billing? So much like our girls, the Tasha Gal, you're going to get hit hard by the heavyweights. You got to get back off the canvas, and you know, and, and get into that that bigger slugfest with the guys that are on your level, and get the wins that you can get, and you know, and and take the positives out of those wins to then you know put you in a better position long term. Which I, I know I'm sort of harping on the same thing here, but all these different uh, girls' competitions and women's competitions are going to face the same issues as they establish themselves, you know, in their infancy. There's going to be these these powerhouses that are untouchable. And it's only going to take a lot of hard work and, and perseverance to get to that level. And that's right. The um, the women's competitions in Australia are still in their infancy. And obviously some teams are in an effort to get a team in the, um, the, the new top four teams that will be introduced later this season. They've stockpiled some talent. Um, so... Week on week improvement, year on uh, month on month, year on year, and um, hopefully it'll be the basis for a more even competition in the coming years. Um, on to a game which is going to be played on the Sunday, Jersey Flag, which will see the Eels in sixth position, taking on Manly at twelfth, also at New Era Stadium at one p.m. Yeah. Um, well, what they need to do is they just need to play like they did in round two when uh, we put, put the cleaners from by, yeah. by a margin. Well, I've got the number here. I wrote it down on my team was Tuesday post. It was 38-6, was it? Uh, it was Something 38-6. Like Yay, 40. Yeah. But, um, yeah, uh, with Manly, I think they're, they're pretty close to the bottom. If they're not last, they're second last. Um, so, yeah, they just need to go there, play like they have been, uh, make sure... I think I heard somewhere... I think I read somewhere that um, in the second half we were pretty sloppy in our um, completion. So, they just need to fix that up. Um, but the other than that, you know, I think this one... Uh, should be another big win. Um, I think what what should be the only change? Ethan Parry um, coming back from that round. Well, he wasn't playing in round two. Um, uh, they've named Joe Taipari. There is there is a, there's a uh, pretty I, heavy injury cloud surrounding him. So look yeah. look for Jamin Salmon to make his club debut as he comes in from the 23 to partner Dylan Brown in the halves, uh, which would be absolutely massive. Um, you know, 
big comeback from Jamin Salmon it's, there after it's a breaking very, his neck. Well, yeah, in that, and that's fantastic for Jamin to be back on the field. Uh, and it's also a rare luxury for our club to be able to replace someone like Joe Tapari with a Jamin Salmon. So It's a shame that it has to come through this circumstance yeah. where uh, one player is coming back from injury as one is getting injured. It would have been... Um, would have been absolutely fantastic to see Taipari, Brown and Salmon running around in the same team, but unfortunately we won't be seeing that this year. On to the next raft of Sunday games, um, which will see um, two games played at the same time, but the first one being the Intrust Super Premiership, which will see the Blacktown workers slash Seagulls um, in third position, taking on Wentworthville in 11th position at 3pm at Laybutt Field. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's all we can I mean, say about this game. I, I, I uh, struggled we, to write a preview for this in the, my team list post. Uh, we we got our our results to date are a, a really gutsy upset win over Penrith in round one. We got forty six blot against this team, Blacktown, at home for us in round two. Uh, we just got hammered uh, forty to four, forty four to four. Sorry, it was a lot of fours in that game uh, in round four. Uh, round three was actually a, a relatively tight loss to Newcastle, for whatever it's worth. But uh, I, dis- despite having a win in this grade, it feels like we are somehow more behind the ball than our first grade team. And like, how does that even make sense? You know, I don't know. Like I, I said, I said it in the review pod before. I don't know where this team's next win comes from. Uh, looking. Let's be honest. This team, you know, who's got first grade? Experience yeah, that's, that's why that's why I said in the review pod. Yeah. Uh, as much as the first grade experience, it's the the NRL prospects. I look at that team. It's Dane Akerflau, it's Ray Stone, it's Murata Niakore. and Niakore for whatever reason doesn't seem to be in the mix for an NRL debut because he's dropped out. He's dropped out of the um the game the NRL 21 as um Ken Evans comes back in. Spoiler, uh, but yeah, I I don't know. Jersey Fleck could probably beat our side, to be honest. You know, our forwards. You know, the way the way the way they're playing, I'd I'd give it a fair shot. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I know that that sort of argument usually seems quite facetious. You know, could the worst NRL team lose to the best reserve grade team? It's much like could the worst college, uh, the worst NFL team uh, lose to the best college team? The answer is usually no. It's even with the the worst and best tags, there's a too big a discrepancy in talent. But geez, the way we're playing, I don't know. And like, like, and I was talking during it because my first game was like on the weekend or watching Wendy, and I said, like, I asked a question. I think it was to Ham maybe that coming next year, like, it's going to be a very different Wendy team and a much stronger team because yeah, everyone's going to be one year older. That's, that's, and just, I mean, I, and it's understandable to an extent because of the the current crop of kids who are coming through. But I've been saying that for three years now. You know, this year went this with this team looks great. But next year, you know, once we, 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 and, you know, things sort of go uh, down south and then it's like, yeah, but next year we're going to fix it up. There there are underlying issues at Wentworthville. Um, I don't know if it's infrastructure side, if it's, uh, you know, on, on us, if it's on Wenty, if it's a combination, if it's, you know, any number of things that you, you're never going to be privy to because you're a fan and this is a, you know, a joint venture partnership is so complex on so many different levels when you're trying to manage different rosters, different training days and whatnot. But something's got to give. We have, we have to fix this because ISP should be where it's the, the breeding ground for your NRL talent. Uh, Flag is where they sort of get a first taste of senior football against the bigger bodies, but it's ISP where they're going to get anything that resembles 
NRL caliber defenses, NRL caliber line speed, you know, the pressure on their kicks, the, the pressure to perform when the game is tight because, you know, it's 65 minutes in and you're sucking in the big ones and the opposition forward pack isn't slowing down. You know, there, there are so many things that you need to get right there because that's what's going to make you get right long-term in the NRL and stay on top of that cap. So, uh, I mean, I, I don't have the answers because, you know, I'm, I'm not arrogant enough to tell you as an armchair critic or coach that I know better than these guys that are professionals and legitimately, you know, have a thousand times the football knowledge that I do on a personnel, on a personnel level, on an infrastructure level, but we need to fix this and we need to fix it now. Sorry, I was just going to say about the timing issue with this. Like, I, I love to go. I, I really enjoy... I'm, I'm a massive fan of Parramatta, Parramatta Reels, and even Wentworth Field because they're affiliated with us. Well, I don't understand why there's a time clash between Jersey Flag, uh, Reserve Grade, and First Grade. They're all played on the same day, 1, 3, and 4 p.m. I understand that you could probably get out to Cabramatta, then quickly nick across to... ANZ with enough time but I thought rugby league was built on you know you hear about I wasn't around I, I was around for the all three grades you had uh, Jersey flag Premier League first grade I understand with ANZ there is a few issues but why we had two games on last weekend why can't I don't understand why we can't have the Jersey flag playing this week I, I don't know whose issue it is whether it's the NRL whether it's New South Wales rugby league whether it's ANZ um, shitting their pants about having two games on their field, but you know, I, I, I like being out there for a day. I like being out. When we, when we were up the Maitland, I went out and saw the Harold Matthews and SG Ball, despite Parramatta not even playing. Just because I like sitting out there, I like watching rugby league. I wonder why we're preventing people from watching as much rugby league live as they can. Well, um, on that. Uh at the same time, 3 o'clock at, at Crestwood, we'll see Wentworthville taking on the Hills District in the Ron Massey Cup. Should be noted, this is the victorious Wentworthville Magpies from Ron Massey Cup last season. And Bo Henry will captain this team in the halves. It's it's odd that, yeah, that you have uh, such a consistently dominant team in the RMC for Wentworthy, but we can't quite translate that to ISP. You know, our... Our reserve reserve graders are the best in the RMC, but they're the worst in the ISP. So it, it, it just doesn't compute. But anyway, um, I'm expecting good things from this team. Uh, Wenty have traditionally performed really strong in the RMC. Uh, Bo Henry is, I'd say he's way too good for that grade. Um, he could, he's probably not quite good, like a, good enough to be a, a consistent top, you know, top ISP player, but he's going to dominate that grade, or you'd expect him to dominate that grade. So look look for Wenty to win and win pretty soundly. I saw their um, I think it was a trial hit out at uh, Ringrose, uh, in my last trip there, and they they were like 50 blot winners over um, I'm not sure if it was Auburn or one of the other Asquith maybe, it might have been Asquith in the R- RMC. So they're coming another magpies. Yeah, they're coming into the um round one with some you know pretty good preseason form, for whatever that's worth after what Parramatta did in the NRL. <laughs> And sorry, on to um, another game which will be played at the same time as the flag, which is the Sydney Shield, which will open up before the Ron Massey Cup. Uh, also, Wentworthville versing Hills District at Crestwood. Um, so, Sydney Shield's the, the rung below um, Ron Massey Cup. Is that, that is correct, correct yes. Yeah. So, where, where is our Sydney Shield team? This is interesting. I haven't had a chance to look at this because this is where... Oh, Guildford's got the bye. 
That's unfortunate. Yeah. That, that that's Guildford is like an unofficial secondary feeder team for our twenties. So they are oftentimes will carry a lot of our surplus guys that aren't getting a run um, in the flag or the Holden Cup or whatever it's been called across the last few years. And unfortunately, they've got a buy for round one, so we're not going to see any of the um, auxiliary talent on the park. All right. Well, I don't think there's too much to, to preview in the Shield. We'll just have to see how they go. Uh, again, round one for Ron Massey and Sydney Shield, which leaves us with the last match of the round. Um, we've had a habit of playing the last or the second last game of every round. It's been a bit um, disappointing considering we're losing uh, these first four matches to sort of build up your weekend to a bit of disappointment um, prior to the working week, which doesn't make the working week go any quicker. Um, but first grade, we'll see the Eels taking on the Panthers in a rematch of our round one encounter, playing at ANZ at 4.10pm on Sunday. Um, televised on 9 and Fox League and I'm correct on Channel 9 this week (laughs) (laughs) and check your local listings for um, the radio Um, but I assume you'll probably get it on Grandstand and uh, Triple M's usually the one that's got it. Um, Just a bit of background uh, stats, head to head 94, Eels 56 wins, Panthers 37 wins, one draw um, of the matches played at um, this venue the Eels have won two um, which I believe is our last two encounters here. 27 results were the one game against pa- uh, the Penrith Panthers, which we won 18-12 after, I think, leading 18-0 at half time, and Cleary uh, again at that point uh, charging an- amounting another comeback. But then again, in round one this season, leading 14-0 to be uh, run down or... Surpassed 24-214. Uh, the boys are going to be hurting from that one, and it's in their own hands to make um, um, uh, amends this weekend. Um, just some little stats, um, which are Eels' points per game are currently sitting at 9.5, Panthers at 23.3. Um, we're conceding 23 points a game, while the Panthers are conceding 15.5. Um, um, obviously, the Panthers with three wins, a good one over the Cowboys up at... 1300 Smalls Stadium last week. Um, What do we make of it? And we'll get into the team list in a sec, but just initial thoughts first. Well, I suppose one of the the quirks of this stacked uh, schedule, you know, where we play four teams twice within the first nine weeks, is that you get your shot at redemption pretty quickly. Um, I mean, I think our chances are pretty dire if you're going on a pure form perspective. Uh, Penrith are coming off an imperious win against North Queensland where they you know, quite literally belted that big forward pack into submission. Uh, James Maloney was untouchable. They had a little bit of um, typical Penrith arsonist about their tries. That one, you guys were saying that one try that deflected about five different times off different players and sat up perfectly for them to score down the left was just ridiculous. Uh, and of course it was Maloney yeah, who, who picked yeah, it up and scored Yeah, Jimmy it. Maloney, you know, puts himself in the right position, you eh? Uh, and I said it in my blog, but one of my blog posts, you'd be crazy to tip anything but a Penrith win, and probably a pretty comfortable Penrith win. But this is, you know, line in the sand territory for the Eels. You know, Arthur's stuck with the same sort of 20, 21, 22 players, depending on where you want to go with people being available and not, that have let him down four weeks in a row now. And you know, is a fifth, you know, can can he trust them after a fifth time? Uh, you know, I know fans don't. I mean, I, I'm, 
you know, been trying to spin optimistically for, you know, the last few weeks because against Cronulla, there was reason for optimism. You know, our defense was great. It looked like we'd turned the corner there, but then that just disappeared against Wests. Uh, so, I don't know. You, I mean, we, we talked about it in the review pod. Get back to 50% possession or at least, you know, within a reasonable distance of it. You know, try and cut back the penalties that you can. Don't expect many penalties because that's just how it is with Parramatta. Get rid of your errors and find an effective long kicking game. It, it, that is one of the biggest weapons of circumventing a big pack in your opposition lineup is turn them around. Make them go back and chase that ball. Retrieve it. Come back up their own 20. Work hard against a set defensive line that's going to be going bang, bang, bang. Uh, you know, fundamental footy. That's where we've gone wrong. And just fix it. I don't, I don't know what the answer is as to how to fix it, but fix it. All right. And if you don't mind, I'll just go through the team list which sees... The Eels running out um, almost unchanged from last week, although Maroa slots in in the starting side with Kenny Edwards back to the bench. It remains to be seen if that will change come game day. Uh, Cameron King sits on the extended bench along with Matungi Gower and Kane Evans um, with uh, Birdie's man Murata Neokore dropping off that extended bench. Um, so you won't be teased this week, uh, Birdie. <laughs> Um, but Kayser Pritchard will need to get through the concussion protocols after suffering that head knock um, against a leading arm from Russell Packer. Um, and then on the Panthers, of course, they're missing their main man in Nathan Cleary, who sat out last week's match against the Cowboys. It didn't seem to make much difference with James Maloney putting the team on his back. But there's a couple of changes, which is Dylan Edwards at fullback, Mansour and Christian Crichton on the wings, Waka Blake, Dean Fare in the centres, Tyrone Peachy, James Maloney as the starting halves pairing, Trent Mirren shifts from lock to starting prop alongside Regan Campbell-Gillard with Peter Wallace at hooker. Then in the second row, Viliami Kikau, who started last week, so it remains to be seen if he'll start again, and Iza Yo, um, after suffering that that awful um, concussion last week, is named. Um, it'll be remains to be seen whether or not he um, will overcome uh, the concussion protocols. And James Fisher Harris locks it all out on the interchange bench. Wade Egan, Corey Harawira, and Ira. Moses Leota and James Tamo. So James Tamo's going from starting to... Uh, Penrith, they're such an arsy team, it annoys me. Um, but there are a couple of players I really like in that lineup. Zaya Yo is someone that's getting wider spread recognition now, but he's been massively underrated for a couple of seasons now. But he's um, really coming to his own, and um, sort of just that really reliable presence that finds a way to shake loose once or twice, you know, once every now and then in a game, and just make a sort of line break out of nowhere. The other player I really like is uh, Fisher Harris, uh, big aggressive forward, plays you know with his hair on fire, and he was one of the difference makers in that win over North Queensland. He um, rattled a few cages in defence and ran hard at the line and opened up options to ball play before and after contact that uh, cracked the the I was about to say the Gold Coast Titans, the Cowboys right in front of their sticks. You know, once again, I'm a bit upset. Hey, right, Birdie. You know, <laughs> you know my headset's um, playing up. No, so yeah, I'm a bit upset. Like, what does this guy have to do uh, to get a game? And like, you know, I said in the Discord, he gonna he adds more to the team than Scott does. Like Scott, no offense to the guy, but if he gets past him, he could he, he doesn't add anything to the team. And from what Brad Arthur said, you know, if they're not gonna if the players are not gonna be disciplined enough, they're gonna be dropped. Well, this is the last chance because if it doesn't, it's just show. And if he doesn't follow through with his you know threat, whatever. 
it just shows he's soft as a coach. You know, this is he, he's drawn a line in the sand. Said this is a, you know, if you're not disciplined enough, you won't be in the team. Now he's given them one last chance. If he, if they if we're still ill disciplined and we're still inside the ten and we're still dropping the ball and we're still like you know playing stupid football, then someone he has to follow through it and drop some yeah, people. Yeah, it, it's a fair uh, point. Because, a perfect example will be Scott. Yeah, round round five does feel like a tipping point for a lot of the. Uh, the guys that would be under the, the spotlight here internally for the club. Like you said, Arthur sort of drew a line in the sand of his post-match press conference comments where he said, you know, sort of issued that ultimatum where, whereby um, people that aren't being disciplined, you know, aren't going to be in the team. And obviously he didn't make the changes this week, but, you know, you, you can't issue that challenge, issue that, you know, that ultimatum and then not follow through with it, like you said, Bertie. So... I mean, hopefully we get you know get a, a good win, and then that that becomes a, a null and void sort of point. But you know, if we do slip to 0 and 5, or if we win and it's you know it's still dogged by disciplinary issues um, on both sides of the ball, you'd you'd have to think that there would be change coming. Like you saw Ricky Stewart come out and he absolutely blasted his team. Yeah, like he said it was Ricky, disgusting. Ricky Stewart isn't a benchmark or yardstick yeah. by which you measure. Yeah, any coach. I, I, oh, no. I wouldn't put him in any high regard. Oh, no, but I'm just saying he's blamed like, everybody but himself. Yeah, that's, so far that, this that, that I'm, just, is, yeah, I'm just saying like he came out and blasted his team. But from what Brad Arthur said, I was more. If I was a player, I'd be more scared of what Brad Arthur said. Look, and he only said not didn't say that much, and there wasn't that tone. But like Ricky Stewart blasted it, I would have been like, "Yeah, that's actually a real good point because Ricky Stewart's threats almost hollow in that regard, given what he's done. His, you know, his different changes at clubs. I will sort of frame our comments with this: in that Brad Alpha is doing what has worked in the past. I know it's frustrating, but sticking with the the players that he is, you know, sort of handpicked as his best seventeen or eighteen or nineteen, you know, sort of depending on injuries, has has been a formula that. You know, regardless of how bad things have gone, has worked out long term. In 2016, when everything fell to shit off the field, on the field, you know, Kieran Foran, salary cap, Junior Paul goes with Canberra. Uh, you know, we had every right to fall apart. He picked the same guys, and they came good. Uh, in 2017, when we started the season hot after uh, putting the cleaners through, not through, didn't put the cleaners through Manly, but we did through again. Wait, it was it was Manly in St George, wasn't it? Weeks one and two in 2017. Yeah, yeah. Manly. St. We then slumped to four in a row, which featured some pretty bad footy. Uh, we we wanted we the plural we as fans wanted changes, but he stuck with the guys. And I, I I certainly concede that in the first four weeks of this season, there's been issues that weren't present in either of those two seasons, especially defensively, uh, but also of possession. We've touched on it so much, uh, but. He's sticking. He's he's going to the formula that has worked for him twice, you know, big time. When we had you know reasons to otherwise fall apart, and th- this is him sort of I think last chance saloon type deal. So, uh, you know, he he's given the guys that have you know rewarded him his faith the the chance to to come good. So that that is sort of the other side of the coin here that is worth you know putting out there as a devil's advocate kind of deal. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just going back to Bertie saying Bo Scott um, with his involvement in the game. Um, his last game, what was it, 40 metres and only 20 tackles. Um, you know, if you're only going to make 20 tackles... Sorry, I'll, I'll do it the other way around. If you're only going um, to make 40 metres, you've got to be up there making 40, 50 tackles a game and in a, in a time when we're not got the ball, you've got to make sure you've got that work rate in defence. He didn't. He hasn't shown that. Um, 
or if you're going to make uh, you know 40 me- or if you're going to make 20 tackles you've got to be up around 80 90 meters a game um, I don't think at the moment his leadership or his experience is enough to overcome his lack of output on the field I'd much rather a, a David Gower who can come in and has a, a passing game and you know will actually you mightn't get um, your 100 meters or your 50 tackles in the game but at least he'll add a bit of variation around the middle or someone like Kane Evans who as much as maligned as he was um, I'd I, I, I didn't really look at his stats, but I, I, I couldn't imagine they'd be too much worse than 20 tackles and um, only 40 metres. So, yeah, I, th- I think it is a big question on Bo Scott whether um, he should still be considered part of our top 17 f- looking at encompassing everything. Whereas, And you do have to um, involve um, leadership and experience when you're talking about our team. Um, but is that enough? Is what is that enough to overcome 20, uh, 20 tackles, forty meters in a game? I, I I don't think so. I'd I'd much rather see this week either Gower or uh, Kane Evans on if taking his bench spot. Um, so the the big takeaway from our first match against the Panthers was ruck defence and goal line defence and. Um, you know, uh, turning away a team after conceding penalties or things not ball not bouncing your way, and it's going to be the same this week. So, it's been four weeks now. Um, we'll see if they've learned anything from that first match. You, um, uh, you, you triggered like a little segue for me. I'm, I'm in a segue mood today. Um, you're, you, the bounce of the ball, okay, the bounce of the ball you just mentioned there. That that is something that came up in conversation last. Oh, oh my god, yesterday. Oh, my sense of time is awful. Sorry, guys. Long day at work. Uh, one weekend. of the one of the weirdest sort of things that fragments our defensive line like no other this year is when a ball hits the ground. I know I know it's like a, a real footyism is that when it passes the ground, it becomes really dangerous. But you know what started our rot this year was a shitty pass down the right edge of Penrith that led to Wanga Blake running back 20 meters to pick up the ball, and he went through Manu Ma'u, he went through uh, Cam King, he went through was it both no it wasn't both Scott it was just those two I think. And Bev, is that Bevan French? And, and Bev, well, Bevan French was within inches of you know a great try-saving uh, tackle that only Wanga Blake's presence of mind to keep his elbow off the ground, uh, you know, stopped an otherwise double movement. But you know, every time the opposition pass hits the ground, I, it's heart and mouth for me at the moment. We we just lose. I, I know our defensive integrity hasn't been fantastic in general, but it just it shatters. Benji Marshall nearly tore us apart off a a, a ball that hit the ground in the first half. It, it just we we panic. And I suppose it's endemic of widespread problems of confidence in our defensive structures. But, God, it's it's one of those weird little idiosyncrasies that's gotten to me in a really bad start to the season. Well, it's one of those things, and um, you hate uh, saying that Paul Kent gets it right, and he uh, has um, in uh, that, a that recent feels dirty. write-up he did today. Have a shower after that, um, Hamish. At- and, but but it's it's not trusting your teammate. It's It's that trust that was there last season, but... When things aren't going our way, it seems like every player is going into their own headspace. Um, they've just got to get back that that sense of team. In that, if if they aren't going to make that tackle, there's going to be somebody there, or if they're going to drop off, or if they make that first contact, there's going to be a second player there to back them up, um, to so that it doesn't turn and into points. You know who's defending that way right now? The West Tigers. They they are us in defence over the last two years that if the initial guy is going to miss, there's going to be two or three pushing up in support 
you know, to to make up for it. And it, it's just a. I mean, there's many different uh, intangible things you can attribute to it: confidence, hunger, desire, drive, attitude. But uh, you know, once again, just we we got to get right there somehow. Whether it's you know a, a team bonding session, whether it's an ugly win, and just you know get back to our football. Um, and as all fans know, what you do at home uh, directly impacts on what happens on the field. Uh, this week, I won't actually be able to watch the footy. I'll be down at Taronga Zoo. Yeah, good, good, um, good so work, Dad. If 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 we get our first win of the season, we can all blame me. You're for, for you're not you're not attending another bloody game, mate. You're going to Taronga every weekend, is what you're doing. If we win. or um, I was thinking, <laughs> exactly. is the podcast about Jinx? Ever since we've been doing the podcast, we haven't won a okay, game. Okay, so what what we can what we can attribute to is that it wasn't Tasha Gale losing because they've gone two and zero in the last two weeks, and we've lost in the last two weeks. Perhaps uh, it's SG Ball losing. It could be SG Ball losing. That actually could be. Could be uh, the, the jinx. I'm trying to think what else it is. It it wasn't our lack of not being able to score in the second half because we finally broke that duck against the Tigers. We scored 14 points Perhaps in the it's second Warriors half. Perhaps winning. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I suppose the the only jinx is not of not winning is not winning. <laughs> <laughs> but if um it might, if we're thinking it might be us, this might be the last podcast we ever do. So it's been it's been a great. If that is indeed the it's case, been a, it's been been a great it's been time, bloody guys. Fantastic, I've, guys. I've had fun. <laughs> Um, and one last thing, uh, a couple. Well, sorry, there's probably a couple more things, <laughs> but um, I just wanted to touch on Tim Manor. I want to see his short kicking game again. Um, that was oh. absolutely magnificent in that, <laughs> the, that grubber that he put. The, the, the Lebanese uh, Palais or the Lebanese, uh, what what's um, the Argentinian boy called? Uh, Messi, yeah. The the he was um was his shin or his boot that ended up getting the um it was definitely the line his shin. Out. but uh, <laughs> I won't let him get away with putting that on the foot it was on the yeah. shin but um, <laughs> it I mean uh, it was a little good piece of heads up footy actually it was a it was a week for props putting in decent kicks wasn't it the in the Titans game they had one of their their props put in a Ryan James Ryan put James one in I know that one. for uh, Philip Sammy. yeah for Sammy um, which ended up you know scoring right in the the deep end of the end zone end zone the the in goals got it. Well, yeah, I guess if Corey I, I Norman himself. and Mitch Moses aren't aren't getting those repeat sets from their short kicking game, it's up to Tim Manor to to lead the way. Yeah. Well, it seems our um, Nate, Nate goes back to Nathan Cowles kicking that left-footed field goal, I think against uh, Newcastle to win th- what fourteen thirteen. Jason Cowles, no, it was no Nathan Cowles was was a good field goal kicker. Ian Highmarsh was the superior exponent of the um the drop kick between the two brothers. That's it. Um. So yeah, I, th- I think we need to uh rely more on our forwards for that and just let our halves run the ball and try and make 120 metres. Yeah, and we, we, we touched it before, but yeah, just get a little bit more clarity on last tackle from Moses and Norman. Try and figure out what they're going to do a tackle or two before and, you know, and find the carpet and find the end goals. Oh, God, sorry, hiccups. Just keep it simple. You oh, absolutely, absolutely, Bertie. That, that is what I... And we've harped on it so much, but because it, it is fundamental, simple stuff. Keep it simple and, you know, control what you can control. Give yourself a chance at winning by putting yourself in the game. And that's what we haven't done for, what is it, uh, three and a half halves of football now. Um, so what we need is the defensive display against the Sharks yep. attached with the last 30 minutes of attacking against the um, West Tigers. And throw in a good long um, kicking game from Moses and Norman, which they haven't shown all year. Give me those three and we can take anyone. 
and also our, our line speed is going to have to be checked this week um, because on that thread of giving away silly inside 10 penalties, uh. the Panthers back three of Mansour, Crichton, Edwards, and they even throw in Farah and Blake, uh, they all make metres coming out of their um, their defensive red zone. Uh, they, uh, if, you, if you saw the Cowboys game last week, they were, they were making 60, 70 metres a set on the back of their their outside backs, um, their back three and their centres just running it up the field and um, playing a power forward game from their outside men. Yeah, I think the uh, to combat that, we might need to kick early yeah. and make sure the ball and goes out, even if it goes out 30 metres out from their line, just make sure that ball's going that, that's out. That's why I kept bring, you keep bringing up the kicking game of Moses and Norman. They've got to be on their game there. That's going to be one of the difference makers in us winning or losing. And please, but no you, more you, bombs to Dylan Edwards. You wanna, he's, he's not going to drop them. Yeah, exactly. We, we put the bombs up against him on round one, and he never looked like dropping them. You want to you wanna hear two um, words that are going to make you cringe, though? Henry Perinara. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. We're going we're gonna to have to push it up. We're going to have to push it up a hill if we're going to win. <laughs> but it's you can't control those intangibles. How many penalty counts did we win last year? And yes. we still showed up in defence. We still showed up in attack. Let me let me whinge about Paranara. Without... I want to whinge about Paranara. Don't don't don't. It's every referee. Don't to bring be fair, re- so. don't bring reasons this Hamish. <laughs> don't talk about how we were able to you know overcome that stuff last year. I, I just want to whinge. Yeah, I'm well, sorry. I won't be watching it live, so fingers crossed I get to watch a really good game on the replay. Yeah, I hope you have a hope you have a good date, Zoo, with your your long la- young lass, and by young lass I mean daughter. All right, boys, did we have? Um, we want to go to our. Do we want to do predictions this week? I'm yes. Just, no one. So if anyone, if yes. anyone predicks a big win, I'm, I think that's I'm, the best part of our podcast. I'm coming, <laughs> if anyone predicts like a, a 13 plus win, I'm coming for you. I don't, I don't care who you are. I'm, I'm coming for you. Just you wait and see. Just you wait and see. Yeah, um, I'm thinking. Uh, 24 nil. There we go. To who? And Who's first, try, who? first try scorer, Jennings again. And this time, I'm going to predict. So last week, I predicted the first try scorer. I meant for the second half. So this time, <laughs> I'm predicting the first try scorer for the first half, and it's going to be the exact same play, minus T. You know what? You know what, Birdie? You, you like you're it. on the list. You like it. You're on the list, mate. mate. Oh, is that that? Um, what do you call it? The, the Chris Jericho list, eh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, and on to 40. Uh, I think I'm morally obliged to tip a win, but I, I will preface that with, like, if you're any sort of punter or any sort of, t- you know, tipster in a competition, you'd be crazy not to tip Penrith. Uh, having said that, uh, Parramatta, uh, 14-10... Uh, first try scorer. Uh, let's go. Nathan Brown. Sorry, and him. Fourteen ten. Where is the faith? Where's the faith? Um, I'm going to go twenty-six to us. To twelve to them. Um, Tim Manor to score the first try after. On a 40-meter run, dummying past Dylan Edwards and beating the cover defense. There we go. How's that? All right. Well, I'm going to take some inspiration from a certain um, quarterback who plays for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, this is a, an audio form, but if, <laughs> this, if it was visual... For, for, for listeners of the podcast, this has been coming for like a week, like, like three or four days now. 
This was oh, this was bad when it was live. I didn't like it. I was like, God, I've got a W sitting here, and that's a W. Let's eat it. Let's eat that W. Um, uh, we've we've just I don't know. Uh, we've got to get a win. It's as simple as that. I don't care how it comes. I don't care what the score is. As long as we're eating that W at the end of the game. Um, and, and Amen, uh, brother. That, that is 100% it. That's what counts. Doesn't matter how you get there. Get that first win. So, um, fingers crossed uh, against the Panthers. Um, I've got Jennings to get some revenge over his former club. Um, him and Michael to have uh, a good Wait, field day out. Um, did who's you, on that? Did um, you say Jennings to have, like, is that like the plural Jennings? Or are you saying George or yeah, Michael? Because the, the you, went, Jennings you then went Michael Jennings as is, an individual sorry. after that. The... Sorry. <laughs> Gen- I, I said I said Gennings um, instead of Jennings. Okay. Uh, G Jennings. Okay. okay. Sorry. <laughs> um, George and Michael to both have a good day. Uh, they were really good on that um, that right edge uh, mm. last weekend. Yeah, George George um, did his first great prospects, Jennings. no harm. Um, and who will they be facing up against? Um, from memory, it's... Uh, it's, it's not uh, me. Wunga Blake's on the right edge, so they'll be facing uh, yeah. Ware and... Ware and Mansour. And Mansour. Yeah, Mansour. Um, yeah, it's just... I will beat that midget. <laughs> um, but they've got to be heads up against, uh, especially uh, my uh, uh, pod gun in the um, fantasy, Viliami Kikau, whose short um, ball game has been fantastic. Um, and also, uh, let's get some penalties out of Jimmy Maloney. Uh, let's put no, him he's, he's, let's piss him off. He's not going to give away a single penalty. You watch. He's going to no. he's going to be miraculously no. disciplined. Put it on the list. Um, but and he'll said, make every single tackle. All we need is a W. I've got George. Jennings to get a first try, um, and not with a great deal of confidence, but um, to get some revenge over that first match. I think it's going to be a grinding affair after the Panthers um, are going to underestimate us after their big win away from home last week, and the boys are going to come out, play a really good match, um, um, and just grind one out. All right, well, let's wrap it up there. Um, Some plugs. Um, I'll start off with... Um, PM who wasn't here tonight, um, but you can check out his store at uh, sportsfirstnamebucker.com.au. Um, he's also on Twitter at Paramatters, um, but hit him up with the discount code PARAPODCAST and you get 10% off, free shipping um, under $100. And get out there and get one of those um, those uh, 1986 yeah. throwback um, jerseys. I've got one. They are mint. Um, that that the the old blue on them I really love. Plus the the patch doesn't have that blue around it anymore. It's got the yeah. There's, there's white, no there's no really color like. plate. It's just blended into the actual jersey. Yeah, no, they're fantastic and and they they feel really good being going back to the ISC as opposed to having the um the the blades. Um, now on to you, Birdie. Where can we catch you on Twitter? Sorry, Birdie. Where can we catch you on Twitter? Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, Twitter is at uh, Bevan Heaven One, and guys, this time I, ta- I tweeted out uh, where's Murata? I think I got three plays in it or three My people. Man. I've got ANZ. Jeez. I've got ANZ, Parramatta, and Penrith Panthers. This isn't just this isn't just a movement now; it's a way of life. You know what? I was, you know what? I was contemplating tweeting out that Ben guy, but I couldn't find his Twitter. So, <laughs> and then I thought, you know what? Poor kid. I don't want to bash the media guy, so I bash the clubs instead. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the um, but you never know with, with tweeting out all this stuff and um, adding in the tags of the opposition teams 
it might give um, them ideas like who's this Murata? They'll give they'll watch him and then they'll sign him, mate. I think you're I think you're dragging him away from the club. You're sending him to the Sharks. He's not going to the you Sharks. Burn those lifts. You burn those lifts right now, Hamish. And 40, your plug. Uh, uh, once again, uh, 4020 from the Cumberland Fro. You can catch myself, uh, 60s Mitch, Chris, uh, at EelsTCT on Twitter and thecumberlandfro.com for our actual site. Uh, lots of blogs, as always. I've got the last two up at the moment. Team West Tuesday's out. Um, it's not pretty reading from the two senior grades, but the, the flag are doing pretty good, so have a gander at that. Uh, Whiskey Musings wasn't fun this week, as we all know, looking at that breakdown. Um, but I looked at how the Eels can turn it around in the, the short and long term. Mitch had to do the gradings for that game, the poor bastard. So um, he he's um, got a lot of discussion there. But um, jump on and have a comment. Um, I don't mind you being negative if you're going to be critical. Um, that's a big part of his cycle at the moment is you know looking at where we're going wrong and what we can do to get right. Within reason, of course. Yeah, I, 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 thank and you, Hamish. Poor, yeah. poor, poor 60s. I think he should uh, lay off the social media when the, the game's going. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think we all could stand to lay off the social media when the game's going, actually. Um, and Ham. Uh, yep, the Twitter, as always, is at HamSamich22. And the band this week is going to be a, a different take on it. It's a solo artist, Simi Lacroix. That's L A C. R-O-I-X he's a big fan of 80s synth pop and you can hear that in his uh, music and it's absolutely fantastic if you love you love a boogie if you love a sing-along if you love an 80s power ballad listen to Simi this man melt with my soul mate (laughs) and in the words of the great one true king in the west stick with us um Thanks again for listening into the Parrot Podcast. Hopefully, we can review a win, our first win of the season, coming up next week. Eat that W, baby. Okay, thanks, guys. And we'll catch you next time on the Parrot Podcast. See you, guys. See you later. See you.